Okay, you can flip your bulletins back over if you're still doing that. It's not rude to keep doing it. Go ahead and, and keep typing it out. But we are in week number four of a five-week sermon series that we've called Ordinary. Ordinary. Pastor Jordan preached a great message last week on being ordinarily hospitable and being a welcoming person in your everyday life, a welcoming person in your home. We talked about how insecurity keeps us from being a welcoming person, but the closer you get to Christ, the more you feel compelled to, to reach out and be God's hands and feet to this world. So hospitality. Next week, we're going to take a look at being a, uh, uh, an ordinary encourager, being, being somebody who uses your words for life. Today, I want to talk to you about integrity. In integrity. I don't know if you ever heard this, this phrase, if you're not into, into construction, maybe you haven't, but if you've heard like where uh, uh, like an architect or a, a builder will say stuff like, that's the, the, the steel, that, that it still has integrity. It's the integrity of the steel. You ever, you ever hear that phrase? You can have two different pieces of, of steel. Uh, they can look the exact same, but their integrity, their strength can be much different. And what they're saying is they can look the same, but as soon as you put them under pressure, uh, the one without integrity is going to fail. Here's how I would describe integrity in a in very simple term. Integrity is what you do in, in who you are in, in the pressure of every daily decision. I, integrity is what you do and who you are when, when facing pressures, not, not of big decisions, but, but, but decisions no one's going to see. Decisions maybe no one's going to notice. Decisions where, where no one's watching. Billy Graham says this, he says, integrity is the glue that holds our life together. If you have it, it means everything. If you don't have it, it means everything. A few years ago, I was at a, an event for our, for our church called District Council, where all the Assemblies of God churches from Pennsylvania to Delaware get together. Uh, and if you were here a few years ago, you'll remember that our Assemblies of God, District Council, Pendel, Pennsylvania, Delaware, they made us the strategic partner for the year, and they gave us a raise of offering for us to help us in Plymouth meeting. And so I traveled for two weeks in February and March, all these, these weird remote places in Pennsylvania that I didn't know exist. It was super weird. I met a lot of weird people. And so the people just get weirder the more north you go. It's really weird. And so the more grumpy you'd walk in, you'd be like, what? Some, who died, right? And so one of all these meetings, traveled, went away from my family, spent hours and hours and hours, slept in a hotel by myself. And, and I had two beds. I, I watched in one bed. I watched a movie. In the other bed, I slept. I got up, got myself ready, and ate breakfast for the first time in eight years without worrying about any kids. It was it was amazing, right? Or a wife, right? Because women always slow you down too. I just was like, I was free for a day. Like that was the highlight. The rest of it was really boring. And then it culminated by a few months later, I had to go to this big district event where all the churches were there. I had to talk on a stage and they took up an offering uh, and then they were going to give us. We split it three ways. So we ended up getting $33,000 from this, this offering. It was, it was worth two weeks of working, although I did a lot more work than I was getting paid for by the church. It was a lot of traveling. So at the end of the night, this man comes up to me, this older man, I don't know if you've been in church a long time, but he did the church slip where he slips you something in your pocket it's always, or your hand is always folded up. So he said, hey, I got something for you. And I put my hand out and he slipped this offering. He said, this is for your church. And he slipped this, this envelope or this money into my hand. It was just money. It was folded up. And I, and I looked at it because I was expecting it to be a couple bucks because he's an old man. It was $300, three $100 bills. Offering's already done. He said, this is for your church. I had this, 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 this conversation in my head. You ever been there? I'm like, well, he didn't say it was for the offering. He said it was for my church. And since he said it's for my church, technically I'm the pastor of my church. And technically speaking, I've done a whole lot more work than my church is paying. The offering is already done. I was assuming we were going to get $25,000 or $30,000. $300 is not going to make a difference. You know who it would make a difference in? My pocketbook. We were right by Sesame Place. 
I had my kids with me. I drugged them up to this really boring event. I made them sit in these really old, these really old pews. I did all that stuff. And so in my head, I'm going, this is my reward. And Satan's going, no one's ever going to know. So I had this, this, battle, this battle waging in my soul. Am I going to keep this money that no one's ever going to know about, or am I going to give it? And I'm proud to say, because I could have failed, really. I mean, it was, a, it was a long conversation that I found the person that took the offering, and I said, I'm not sure if this is supposed to go to my church or your church. It's not designated, but here's $300 somebody gave me. And listen, my hands were clean. Listen to the promise in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse number 9. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. That's a good promise, but watch this. But whoever, whoever takes crooked paths will eventually be found out. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. I'm so thankful that three years have passed and we got more money from that offering that is now going to Royersford. And I'm not thinking to myself, man, I kept that money. And it's a constant reminder of how I was crooked. Whoever walks in, in integrity, they walk securely. So I want to talk to you because that's a great promise. To be a, an, an ordinary radical when it comes to your integrity, to, to be a person who, who, who is always the same, no matter who's watching, to be a person who's constantly making the right. Listen, your integrity is always going to be tested. It's always going to be put under, under pressure. Integrity is what you do and how you act when maybe nobody's, nobody's watching. I want to take you into a story in the Bible in the book of Philemon. I don't know if you've ever heard a story in Phi, of a Bible uh, message or a, a sermon in Philemon. Philemon is one chapter in the Bible. It's actually a letter to, to, the, to a man named Philemon. That, that's, what, that's what it is. Philemon is the pastor of, of a church plant that the Apostle Paul had planted in the town of Colossae. He, he's the pastor of it. So if you read the book of Colossians, that's Paul writing to the church of Colossae. So let me give you a little background on what's happening here. Paul's in jail, and he's writing letters to the churches that he's, that he's, that he's planted encouraging them, rebuking them, challenging them, it, keeping them going the right direction. He's writing letters. So he writes a letter to Colossae, which is going to get to Philemon, but he also writes a private letter to, to the pastor. What had happened is Philemon had a man working for him. The Bible calls him a slave. What he was is he was a slave because he had indebted himself to Philemon. He owed him a, a chunk of change, and he was working for Philemon and paying it off. But something happened he had a chance to escape, and this slave's name is Onesimus. Some people call him Onesimus, but I'm preaching, so I'm going to call him Onesimus because that's the way it goes. So Onesimus escapes and heads to Rome. No one finds him. He's fine. He's not going to pay his money back. He's escaped, and Philemon's kind of mad. His guy that owes him money, this slave, this guy that indebted himself is gone. He ends up in Rome where there's 900,000 people, and this is how God works. He runs in to Paul. Somehow their paths crossed. I'm not sure if Paul knew him from prior conversations or engagements with Philemon, but the paths crossed, and the Bible says that Paul leads Onesimus to Jesus. It's a pretty cool story. And then what happens is the Bible says that he finds out somehow, or maybe he knew, that, that, that he's connected to Philemon, the pastor of the church of Colossae, and some kind of conversation happens where he says, listen, you need to, you need to go back. So he writes this letter to Philemon saying, hey, hey, your, your, your slave, he escaped, and now he, he's gotten saved. And, it, it, and I'm going to read a couple of verses to you in, in Philemon 1, because there's only one chapter. In, in verse number 8, this is what Paul writes to, to Philemon. He says, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. 
It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now a prisoner of Jesus Christ, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to us. Side note, that the name of Onesimus in Greek actually means useful. Isn't that cool? He goes from being useless to being useful. I don't think that's by, by chance. He's use, he's use, he, formerly he was useless, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. Would have liked to keep him with me so that you could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you would do would not be forced but would be voluntary. Verse 15 says, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a while was that you might have him back forever. He's saying, listen, he, he, he left you for a little bit, but he met Jesus. Maybe not, not only is he going to come back as a slave paying off a debt, but he's going to come, out, come back as a brother that's building the church. So I don't want to focus, I don't, I don't want to focus on Philemon today, although uh, history leads us to believe that he welcomed this, this, this runaway fugitive back. I want to focus on Onesimus. I want to focus on his decision to, to go back, because I think we can learn a lot about integrity in this, in this, in this instance. Here, here's four things that I think you learn uh, about integrity. Number one is this, is integrity is validation of your relationship for, with Christ. Integrity is validation of your relationship with Christ. I, I'll say it like this. If you follow Jesus, integrity always follows you. If, you, if, you, if you're serious about your faith with Christ, Integrity will always, it's impossible to be close to Jesus and not be a person of integrity. And here's what I love about the story of Onesimus, is it was his willingness to go back to, 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 this, to his master, to his boss, to his slave, the guy that owned him, the owner of, of his debt. It was his willingness to go back there that was validation of his desire to move forward with his relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, how many times we do this? Somebody comes into church, they're like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. You're like, well, here, here's what it's going to take. Because anybody can pray a prayer in church. That's big whoop. You, you, you can sign a, 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 a thing in Sunday school class someday, get confirmed somewhere, you're going to get buried at a church. Big whoop. It's when the rubber meets the road and, and the pastor looks at you or, or the call of God comes to you and says, no, 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 it's going to cost you. It's going to take something. For, for one semester, it was, hey, you got saved, that's great. You got saved, you raised your hand, that's great. Hey, go back and make things right. What? Go back and pay off your debt. Go back and be a man of integrity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that Jesus is concerned with my integrity? Yes, you need to go back and make things right. And there was a real challenge there. But the truth is, his desire to go back and fix it was validation of his desire to move forward. Sometimes, in order to move forward in your walk with Christ, you've got to go backwards and make things right. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of James, chapter 5. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Listen, there, 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 this is a game changer in your life. There is a big difference because most of us will mess up and we'll be like, okay, God, I'm sorry. But we know God's not going to strike us down. Right? Like, like. It could happen because it happened in the Bible to Ananias and Sapphira. But for the most part, if we sin, if we lie, if we gossip, if we steal, as long as we say, oh, God, I'm, God, I'm sorry, we're like, okay, we're cool. But there's another aspect of it. He says, not only to confess your sins to, to me, but to go back and make things right with, with the person that you hurt. That's a game changer. One of the favorite stories in, in my life of this church was when a, a man came to our church some years ago. And he got dramatically saved at, at Journey. And, and he was living in a town where he was known as the drunk. And he had gone to every bar in that town and been kicked out. He was that guy. 
And he got saved at this, at this church and God started doing stuff in his life. And, and listen, it wasn't because he was caught. It wasn't because they were, he, he messed up and he was trying to get out of being in trouble. It was simply because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the work that God was doing in his life that he came to me one day and he was like, I got to write a letter to every bar owner apologizing to them for the actions that I took. You don't got to do that. Yes, I do because the conviction of the, of the Holy Spirit, it compels me. And I looked at him, I'm like, this is validation that, that God is doing work in your life. Because nobody called him and said, hey, you need to go back. You're facing a DUI. If you don't, if you don't write the right notes, if you don't kiss up to the right owners, you're going to be in trouble. He didn't owe them anything, but he did owe Jesus everything. And, and he goes back and he, he makes things right. I don't know if you've ever been stuck on ice. We don't even want to talk about ice today, right? But oftentimes when your car is stuck on ice, and if, if maybe, maybe you don't know how to drive because... Your girl or something like that. And so, so you get stuck on ice and you just try to go forward. What happens? Your wheels. You ever see somebody do that? And what do you tell them? Before you go forward, you got to go, go back. You got to put it in reverse. Maybe you got to get a little, little momentum. You got to rock that car. You got to rock your body. Yeah. Right? In order to go, to go forward, you got to go, go back. Paul said, in order for you to move forward in your life, once in a you got to go back. Maybe you're here today and God's saying, before you move forward, whoa, 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 calm down there, buddy. You got to go make things right. Maybe, maybe, maybe you cheated on your taxes this year. Nobody's going to know. You're not caught, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit is saying, before you move forward, you got to go back. Maybe, maybe you, you, you did something you weren't supposed to do and nobody has... It's caught you yet. And let me be really clear. Just because you haven't been caught in yet doesn't mean you're not going to get caught. The most powerful sin in your life is the one that's still hidden. His validation was, was his willingness to go back and make things right. Here's another thing I, that I understand to be true. Integrity is much more important than reputation. He has started a brand new life, right? He's not a slave anymore. He, he, he doesn't owe money. He, he's, he's, in, he's in Rome. He's a free man. He's living his life up, and, and, and he meets Paul, and he gets saved, and he's starting to build a new reputation, and we know about reputation, right? Reputation is who you appear to be from a far distance. Sometimes reputation isn't all that important, because sometimes people, they think you're something, but they don't even know you, but integrity is much more important. Reputation is who you are from a distance. Integrity is who you are up close. You should get better looking the closer people get to you. Are you with me? It's easy to have a reputation. We live in a world where we, we build reputations. We build fake egos and fake reputations and fake positions online. And, and we fake people out by, by the way we dress. But most people don't know who we are. Integrity is much more important. He's saying to Onesimus, look, you can build a new life here. You can be a new person. But listen, you're always going to be a runaway slave. You're always going to be the person who didn't pay your debt off. You're always going to be the person who bailed. Jesus has given you new freedom, freedom from your sin. But listen, you need to go, things, go back and make things, make things right. Your integrity is much more important than your reputation. I mean, just, just think, about, think, about, think about this in, in practically. I mean, just to, we see it all the time. We see it in Tiger Woods, people like that. But just so, so we're aware, just Jared Fogle from Subway. He was a big hero in, in, in my, in my, when I was a younger man. You see, in America, you're a hero if you lose weight. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's a big deal. 
So he ate the, the subways, and he did all that stuff, and he used to hold his pants out to the side, and you would show, he would show you his old pants, and it would be a big deal. He'd be this new man, had his reputation the whole time. The whole time he was a very sick individual. He had a reputation as being a great spokesman. The whole time he's, 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 he's in child sex slavery and things like that that have ruined his life. It's so much easier to build a reputation, but the truth is reputation is unimportant without integrity. Integrity is so much, so much more important. Number three is this, is integrity is never consistent in someone who only cares about being seen. What happens when you're addicted to your reputation is you only care about, think about this. Once Simus gets saved, he's out of church service, he gets saved, he's being seen, he's expecting Paul to go, hey man, God has a big plan for your life, you're going to be the next worship pastor, you're going to be the next singer, you're going to be the next Journey Kids teacher, you've got a great plan for your life, we've got a platform for you to stand on, man, it's going to be great, you can take pictures of yourself, selfies, whatever you want to do, man, it'll be awesome. And Paul says, before you do any of that, you've got to go back and do something that's not going to get you any publicity. Why? Because no one knows who you are here. No one's going to be impressed. In fact, they might be disappointed in you. In fact, they might judge you because you're going back. What do you mean you're a runaway slave? I was a runaway slave, but now I'm going to go back. And here's the problem with so many people. Our integrity always wavers because we only act a certain way when certain people are watching us. Christian, you live for an audience of one. Do you realize that? Your security, your worth, your boldness, your courage, they all rest on this foundation. You live for an audience of one. His name is Jesus, and he's not impressed with you at all. He loves you and values you and wants to have a relationship with you, and his heart breaks when you walk in darkness. And too many people are only doing the right thing when the right people are watching you. But integrity, it, it happens when you do the right thing no matter who's watching you. In fact, it does the right thing no matter if somebody's ever even going to see it ever even going to notice it. I, I think there's such a powerful truth in, our, in my kids' lives. I've tried to teach them this, man. You're, you're never going to change if you only do the right thing when I'm there to tell you to do the right thing. You ever been there with your kids? You pick up your clothes. They pick up your clothes when you're watching. They let you know you're picking up your clothes. But if you ain't watching them, their clothes are everywhere. We have a fence in our backyard. And by the way, when God puts up fences, it's usually to protect you from something, not keep you from something. So we have a fence in our backyard, and after the fence is a cliff. I'm not lying, like a, like a cliff that falls down, and then train tracks, and then, and then Schuylkill River. Looks beautiful from a distance, but it will kill you if you get close. So we let our kids go out into, the, into our backyard. Our backyard is like 15 feet long. We live in Phoenixville. That's what you get. And so I'll often say, listen, if something goes behind there, you just leave it. It's, listen, something always goes behind there. So this past week, they were playing out with their, their buddy Logan, and, and Lincoln was out there, and for some reason, they were throwing their glove, their baseball glove, at a stick they were trying to get down, and, and they're idiots, and so their glove went over the fence and landed. Now, I, I'm pretty cool and calm, but if something costs money, I don't really like that you threw it over the fence. It's a baseball glove. It's not supposed to be thrown at stuff, and so I think they were a little bit scared of my reaction, and so Carter, he went around the fence, scooted on his butt, because that's the only way he could get there. And he gets, the, he gets the glove, and he comes back, and, and nobody found out, except for Lincoln told me. <laughs> nobody saw him. That's what always happens in your life. Lincoln came to me and said, hey, Carter, on the other side of the fence. And I freaked out because I'm like, you could have died. And I tried to tell him, it's only one time. It's only one time. Man, if you get paralyzed and I got to take care of you the rest of your life because you were on the other side of the fence, I got retirement plans, bro. And I always tell them, if you only do the right thing when the right people are watching, eventually you're going to do something that's going to destroy you. Eventually you're going to hurt yourself. 
eventually, and listen, integrity is never consistent in somebody who only does stuff when they're seen, who only does stuff when someone is watching them, when the right person is watching them. I wonder, I wonder who you are when no one's watching. And, and, and number four, integrity never justifies a wrong decision based on short-term cost. Integrity never justifies a decision based on short-term cost. I want you, I want you to understand what, what this conversation would have sounded like with Paul and, and Onesimus. Hey, you need to go back. Now, Philemon as a slave owner, who owed, this guy owed him a debt. His word was, was like he signed it, I'm going to pay you back, and he ran. Uh, by law, Philemon could kill him if he found him. That's how serious this was. It wasn't like Visa where you're like, eh, I think I'm not going to pay anymore. I'll run it up. I'll settle for less. It'll be fine. Or I'll just bank, get bankrupt. Like if, if they found you, you would get killed. That's why he went to Rome where there was 900,000 people. He could disappear. Funny enough, God has him run into Paul. You can't disappear from God. So here he is and Paul's saying, you need to go back. And he's saying, he could kill me. At the very least, he's going to put me in prison. I'm a free man here. And Paul says, you're not free. Just because you're free from Philemon doesn't mean you're free from sin. You're not free. You're going to live the rest of your life under the bondage of this unrepentant sin. You can, you can tell me you're sorry are you all you want. But until you go back there and you make stuff right, you're not sorry. You have to go back. And he has a decision to make. And here's the problem. It's going to cost him. He has no idea how Philemon's going to. I mean, Paul tries to butter him up. Hey, listen, man, you love Jesus. Let's not kill this guy. You're a pastor. Let's set the example. But Philemon could have went, no, I'm, I'm mad. I'm going to put him in jail. I'm going to make him suffer. I'm paying off his debt. He took money from me. And so once Miss has to decide, am I willing to go back even though this could, this could cost me? And this is the problem with integrity so often because once you talk about integrity, there's not a person in this room that doesn't have some form of darkness that they're hiding. It's just the way we are. And, and we always come to this conclusion, well, I don't really want to talk about it because it's been passed and it's going to cause, it's going to cause some pain. There's people in this room, you've had an affair, your, your spouse doesn't know about it, and you, you're, you're, going, you're going, I'm free, I didn't get caught. No, 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 no. Just because you haven't been caught doesn't mean you're free. It's going to cause pain to go, to go back. It's going to cause pain if you've cheated on your taxes to, to go back. It's, it's, going to cause, it's going to cause pain maybe to go back. And you have to begin to understand, listen, that many times your willingness to embrace short-term costs later on will bring promotion from God. So what Onesimus does is he decides, listen, okay, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I know who's called me, I know who sent me, I know how important my integrity is, so I'm going to go back. He counts the cost and he goes back. How many times has this happened in your life? My neighbor came to me last week and he said, hey, I got a bunch of uh, stolen, because that's what they are, let's not, let's just call it what it is, stolen videos, that black market videos, Creed and things like that, you want, you want them. Yeah, I want them. But it's my integrity on the line. It, it, it's, it's what I believe on the line. And it, listen, it costs because then I got to rent them for $5.99 on Comcast. You pick something up in the grocery store and you're walking along and your kid got your three kids with you and they're paying in the butt. And you decide, your wife decides she doesn't want what she, what she said she wanted five hours over. And you have it. What do you want to do? You want to put it to the side but it, because it's going to cost you to walk back and put it, put it up. Am I right? It's going to cost you. It costs you when somebody says, hey, you want a free download of music, but you know it's not right because you didn't pay for it. Oh, now you're, just, now you're just getting bad, Pastor. It's your integrity. 
It's your integrity. If you have it, it means means everything. Maybe someday you're going to walk into a store and some young punk who's not paying attention to the job is going to give you an extra $5. You're going to walk out. They've already annoyed you. It's going to be pouring down rain. You're going to go get in your car. You're going to put your change in your purse or your wallet or whatever. Or you're going to notice they didn't charge you enough on your debit card. You're going to look. It's going to cost you to get back out of that car and take that money back in. No, God is not blessing you with extra money. That's not how it works. It's going to cost you to walk back in. Your integrity will cost you. But the short-term cost that you're willing to pay, tomorrow will bring about God's promotions. It's the way that it works. Let me tell you how once the story ends. We don't know much about him. We know he goes back and uh, finally even takes him back. We were led to believe that. But we don't really know what else happened to him. But in 110 AD, a church leader named Ignatius, you can Google him, he wrote a letter back to the church of Ephesus, another one of Paul's church plants, Ephesians. And when he writes this letter back to this church, five times he addresses the pastor by name, Onesimus. 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 See, if he would have never went back, he would have never been promoted to where God wanted him to be. He was once a runaway slave. And now he was a free man that came back on his own will because of he wanted to have integrity and follow God's plan. And he made things right. Man, your integrity, my friend, is so important. If you, if you have integrity, you have everything. If you don't have integrity, you have, you have nothing. Would you stand up with me all over this house at our Plymouth meeting in our Limerick campus? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Here's what I'll tell you. Some of you want to be promoted. You want God to use you. You want God to move in your life. You want God to broaden your, your platform, your, your potential. And here's what I'll tell you. Promotion without integrity will always lead to destruction. It just will. Because promotion brings more pressure, brings more stress, brings more weight to carry. If you're not carrying the weight today in, an, in a way that deals with integrity, when you get more, when God gives you more, Promotion without integrity destroys people. You see it all the time. It's not about your reputation. You can fool people. It's about who you are. And listen, your willingness to have integrity, your willingness to be a a person of your word, is validation of the seriousness that you have when it comes to following Jesus. There is way too many fake people in this world. And listen, Christians have no reason to be fake. You are known. God sees into your very soul. He knows your insecurities. He knows your fears. He knows your failures. He knows what you said. He knows what you thought. He knows where you've been. He knows everything about you. And the Bible says, but and and he still loves you. And he still loves you. And he is still committed to a great future for your life. He is still pursuing you. He still desires to have a relationship with you. There's nothing worse, friend, than walking in darkness. There's nothing worse than carrying, carrying shame, carrying condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That this is the place of light. This is the place of freedom. This is the place of joy. This is the place where God is more concerned with where you're going than where you've been. But sometimes to get where you're going, you got to go back. You got to have a conversation. You got to write a letter. You got to make things right. It's your integrity on the line. Remember the promise in the Bible, whoever walks in integrity, the promise is we walk securely. We walk securely. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be ashamed of. 
Jesus is good. If you're in this place as you're praying, and maybe, 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 maybe your next step is not just a prayer. Maybe your next step is a phone call, a conversation, a letter. When you talk about something like this, it's often a step of action. What you pray in your head, it, many times it just dies. Because oftentimes God's saying, okay, that's a good first step, but now it's time to move. It's time to, it's time to walk it out. The answer to the prayer lies in your hands, in your, your feet. Walk it out. And that's what I'll pray for you today. I'll give you, give you the courage to, to pursue the things of God. But maybe you're in this place at our campus and you say, you know what? I don't even have a relationship with God. You, you can try to change all you want, but the truth is the power to change comes from the person of change. And the person of change is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God sent Jesus, his son, to this earth. He was put on a a cross 2,000 years ago. He died a death that you should have died for your sin, for your shame, for your pain. He was put into a tomb. On the third day, he rose from the dead, and he defeated the, the, the sin that you have in your life. He defeated your enemy, Satan. He defeated the destination you were supposed to be in for eternity, which was hell. And now he promises you a new life through him. The Bible says the way you begin this relationship is to confess with your mouth and believe in in your heart that he is Lord. And in that moment, you'll be saved. But that prayer is a first step. I'm going to walk out of this place and I'm going to follow Jesus. Whatever he asks me to do, I'm going to do. Wherever he asks me to go, I'm going to go. My life is his life. See, maybe some of you, you've been to church before, but you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Things like integrity will follow you if you're following Jesus. So if you're in this place with nobody looking around, as we get ready to close these services out and send you back into this week, you say, you know what, I'm done living this life I'm living. I'm done living with the shame that I have. I'm done living with the pain that I have. I'm done living with the sorrow, the regret, the bitterness, the unforgiveness. Today, I want to give my life, my past, my sins, my pain, I want to give it to Jesus. He'll receive you right now, friend, just as you are. That song was powerful. Come to the altar. That's the place you meet Jesus. Right now, your seat is an altar. Why don't you meet Jesus? Find forgiveness and hope and mercy. If you're in this place at Limerick Plymouth meeting, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. With nobody looking around, I just want you to put your hand up in the air and say, you know what? I need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray with you as we close. Is there anybody in this house that would say, Pastor, that's me. Just shoot your hand up in the air at Plymouth meeting in Limerick. I need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I'm broken. I'm beaten. I'm hurt. I'm lost. I'm confused and I'm tired. Today, I'm going to give my hope and my trust to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody at Limerick Plymouth meeting? We're waiting to, for you to respond. Your campus pastor's up there. We want to pray with you as we close. If you're watching online, man, you can just pray. Talk to Jesus like you talk to a friend. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Friend, would you pray with me as we close? Jesus, you're good. Your word is powerful, and it never returns void. I'm thankful for, for the message of, of Onesimus that, though he's not famous, that his actions, they changed his life, and the actions that, that he took, that if we take them, they'll change our life. And integrity is so important. It's so valuable. It's so crucial to reflect in you that if we follow you, integrity will follow us. Lord, I pray for courage and boldness for those in this room that maybe, maybe have a hidden secret, a hidden sin. They carry around sorrow and baggage. And today's the day they stop. But Lord, it doesn't just start with the prayer here. It starts with the conversation. Maybe it's a letter we need to write. It's a posture we need to take, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful, Father, that the best days are ahead of us, that 
That when we pay the cost now, that, that promotion is to follow. So Jesus, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for what you've done. We're thankful for the time we have with our kids and the worship that we had here today. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. And everybody here at Plymouth Meeting in Limerick, you said amen with me. Amen. Would you clap with me all over this house?